Good morning, Wastelanders. This is Streaming Wasteland. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg. Hi, Greg. And with me always... And Ringo. With me always is Ringo. Hi, Ringo. Yeah, we should probably talk about this movie. This movie is terrible. Say, say we both recommend this movie. I would say skip this movie. Yeah, don't watch this. Worst plot I've ever seen. This movie had some interesting twists and turns that I, I definitely enjoyed. You know what they say, once you're 18, monsters are your problem. The creature that we're dealing with is called the Dark Mother. Yeah. I just called her Dear Mommy. Do you want to go mm-hmm. ahead and jump back in? All right, we should probably dive into this. <laughs> hey, Streaming Wasteland, it's your Uncle Ringo, and I'm here to go ahead and promote something that's near and dear to my heart. My wife went ahead and produced a book. You can go find it over on Goodreads and Amazon. It's under the title Soul of Fractured Fate by Jay Grenz. J-G-R-E-N-Z. Two people are kidnapped by the Fae and dropped into a realm where they have to navigate court systems and a dating game. See if they go ahead and find love. Go pick it up wherever you can find it. And like I said, good reads on Amazon. Go get it. It's fucking good. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Streaming Wasteland. I'm Greg, and with me always is Ringo. Say hi, Ringo. Hi, Ringo. It's been a year. Ah. <laughs> it's been a whole year. Oh. This year we are, this year, this week, we're taking on 2018's Accident Man, rated R on Peacock. That's ah, factual. This year we are taking yeah. it on. It's just, yeah. If you can't tell, it's the first episode of 2024. Ringo, what have you been up to? How's the new year treating you? Uh, the new year's been fine. You were there when we jumped into the ocean and found out that it's cold. Just in case anyone's one, one, uh, curious, the ocean's cold. It's a little chilly. That's factual. I actually Googled, is the ocean cold? And it said sometimes, but in other places, I was like, shut up. Is the ocean cold right now? (laughs) Ocean near me. (laughs) My wife and I started watching Lost because we don't really have anything to to watch right now that we're both interested in. And I'm just laughing because Sawyer gets fucked over so hard in this. Like, the writers did not like him. It is interesting that you guys are watching Lost because my wife and I also started watching not Lost itself, but a series of videos like explaining the mythology of Lost and it's getting us in the mood to watch Lost. So that is just everybody syncing up. Yeah. Uh, First of the year, that's when everybody starts getting on the same line. We'll start diving. So I don't know. I don't know what it is, but Lost always feels like a winter show to me. It's a great show to it's a great show to binge. It's also a great show to watch sporadically. If you just watch an episode every now and then, there are some people who think that if you binge it, it's somehow worse. But I think those people are romanticizing the day when we had to wait three weeks to find out what's going to happen next, because those three weeks were fucking frustrating, especially <laughs> if they moved it around. I don't remember exactly what happened, but it was sometime in season five that there it was airing one night at one time. And then just for one episode, it was pushed like three weeks out, aired on a different night at a different time. And it was so fucking annoying. It was like, remember, the next episode of Lost won't be until July, but it's also going to be on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. And you're just like, why did why do you not like us? (laughs) And then it's like, and then we'll be back to Thursdays at four. I'm just I'm finding it interesting because we were talking about how the like a lot of these characters, they just come off really fucking awful. And then at the end, you're like, oh, I really like this character, like the the Asian couple, and I really wish I could remember their names. I've only watched- uh, That is Sun and Jin. Thank you, Sun and Jin. Jin's an asshole. Yeah, Jin's probably the hardest to redeem on that show because he does a lot of not great stuff. But he's framed in a way, if there's ever going to be a case for giving us a sympathetic villain story, 
all of the people on Lost are pretty understandable. You can see mm-hmm. why they are the way they are. And the show doesn't make any excuses. That makes it okay. And that's, yeah. I think, one of the better things about it is, especially when you get later in the show and Ben's backstory. Spoilers for Lost, if anybody <laughs> is listening to this and hasn't watched it. And, and second spoiler, real quick, they weren't all dead at the end. And if you're, or the whole time, and if you're somebody who's like, oh, they were dead the whole time, I knew it, then just fuck off. Like, you don't, you don't understand things well enough to listen to a movie review. But yeah, when they start revealing, like, Ben's backstory and they show that he was... Basically, abused, neglected, the dad constantly telling him, like, you're the reason your mom is dead because you were born. Congrats to your fucking birthday. You understand why he grew up to be a fucking mistrustful asshole. And it's good. It's good writing. You actually see a villain arc that is sympathetic without making it when other people confront him. So, oh, so you gassed everybody. That's that was your plan. And he's just and they're like, (laughs) why? He's like, fuck him. That's why. Yeah. And then that's the end of that. it's it's nice having cut and dry like you don't have some little like back when i was five my balloon floated away because someone cut the string and you're like okay that's not yeah whatever Mm -hmm. cool good for you (laughs) yeah so i'm saying and this that goes back to Jin, right Jin is not a great partner to son pretty much the entire time i'd say something you'll probably notice or pick up on on multiple rewatches is that Jin actually ends every season of lost alone except for the final season but at, at in every finale, he is cut off from the rest of the group, whether it's he got shot and fell off the raft or he is jumping off the freighter that's exploding. He's always cut off and isolated from everybody else. Hmm. And I think that goes a lot to talk about his character mentality, that he feels like it's him alone who has to do everything. He has to be there for son. He has to be the father, the husband, the provider. He's the one who needs to make the deals with the devil to make their family work. And... You can see in his backstory why he feels that way and the things that have happened that have made him think that way. But you also get to see him on the island actually trying to be better. He never actually – so in every one of those situations, he doesn't actually endeavor to be alone. He just keeps ending up that way. Yeah. And I think that – like I've, I've talked really bad about him. But at the end, he I feel like he gets a somewhat redeemable storyline. Him and son make up – I don't know. It just it's interesting to go ahead and look back at that sort of writing and then be like that was really good. I'm glad that they were able to go ahead and continue it for what was it? 8 8 seasons? 6 seasons. 6 seasons for 6 total yeah. seasons. Most se- most series now they get 4 seasons in and you're like, "Oh, this is still going strong. I wonder how it's going to go for the 5th and the 5th just I'd say honestly most series now it's 2 seasons spread out over 4 years and then it's canceled." Yeah. And so you're just, what's the point? I've been looking for a new Lost for years. I've heard Yellow Jackets pays homage to it in many ways, and so I might check that out one of these days. But I think a lot of it, and this is, it's funny because I was just talking with my wife about this this morning, like literally four hours ago, but I blame Game of Thrones and to a lesser extent Westworld for why we don't have these shows anymore. When you look at what made Lost so popular and so endearing, it was the crazy amount of fan work plus the gr- the good writing and the mystery elements. And while both, while Game of Thrones doesn't have nearly as much mystery, it's more intrigue, right? Who, ooh, what if somebody betrays this or where the fuck these dragons come from? Blah blah blah. You still had a lot of fan involvement. There are people making whole videos talking about, oh, the seasons. Why are the seasons so long? The White Walkers. What's the Three Eyed Raven? Et cetera, et cetera. And then. With Westworld, there was almost the same cottage industry that there was for Lust, for theories and conspiracies, etc. It wasn't quite as big. And 
both of those shows on HBO mean that they're never going to get quite as much access as something broadcast on ABC in 2004 would. But yeah, because those two shows ended so disappointingly, I think it killed the network desire to make a mystery show. And I think it killed fan desire to get involved with something that's going to run multiple seasons. I think the biggest mystery slash thriller type shows we see now are limited series. Yeah. Something like How Follow the House of Usher, where it's not even really a mystery. We know what's going to happen, but we don't know how and why. And as we start as we start unraveling the mystery as we go through that, you, you learn more and more. It's told in a flashback style, which is reminiscent of Lost, but that would be giving Lost a little too much credit. They didn't invent flashbacks. And so seeing... Something like that is, I think, all viewers are willing to to sit through, right? It's eight hours total, and it's it's one and done. At the end of the day, you either liked it or hated it, but you don't have to wait another season to get uh, your next set of answers or your next set of mysteries. Uh, I think that's why American Horror Story still goes strong is because the story wraps up at the end of one season. I've heard not great things about the last, like, nine seasons. I don't know what season <laughs> they're on, but... I feel like people told me, like, one was amazing, two was pretty good, three sucked, four was good, and then after that, like, so whatever season they're on since four, I haven't heard any positive things about it. But I think the reason it can still afford to go strong is because fans will tune in because it is over and done in one season. It's ten episodes, and you're done with it. And you can or hope that maybe... episodes. And you can hope that maybe the next season will be better. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not. It's never going to yeah. be better. It's just going to keep getting worse. Yeah. Yeah, there's a whole series out there. There's a whole channel called Lost Explained, and we're on video three of their explaining things. And it's pointing out stuff that we never thought of before, too. So I was just, this is it's amazing. Of course, the video we're about to start is two and a half hours long, so it's going to be a commitment of time. <laughs> but that's never stopped me before. And I know it won't stop you. You watched a nine-hour video about a 12-episode show from Quentin Reviews. Oh, my God. It gave me so much. I, I told you I read Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom's Dead. And I read that. Oh, I read the, that book really fast. Considering recently, I've been struggling to read anything that's three hundred pages in less than six months. I read that one in two weeks, and then nice. I'm Quentin revealed so much. Uh, there's just more information than I knew. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, time, putting time into that sort of stuff isn't a problem for me. But school's starting yeah. up, so it might become one. I don't know. We'll see. It's always school with you. Yeah, I told you I have an excuse for everything. Maybe you should just hire some hitmen to take out your teachers. I could. I should. You should go into the firm at the Oasis and hire the accident man. I should. And then have a pint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of accident man, we should probably talk about this movie because otherwise this will just become a lost podcast. Yeah. Well, we could pivot. It'd be a lot more entertaining than what we're going to get. <laughs> I don't know. At a certain point, though, the show's been over for a long time. It's <laughs> not that much to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can get an accident, man. All right. This week we took on 2018's Accident Man, rated R on Peacock, starring Scott Adkins as Mike Fallon, Ray Stevenson as Big Ray, David Pamer as Milton, Michael J. White as Mick, Ashley Green as Charlie, Amy Johnson as Jane the Ripper, Ray Park as Mac, and Rosso Hennessy as Carnage Cliff. Based on a comic series of the same name, Accident Man follows Mike Fallon, a hitman who specializes in making it look like his targets died accidentally as he searches for who killed his pregnant ex-girlfriend. Mike's search takes him to his own hitman firm, where he learns that the people he's most friendly with are the ones he's going to have to take down on the path to justice. Eventually, he fights his way to the top of a multinational corporation, learning that his ex-girlfriend was killed because her protests were causing too much trouble. 
Writing for Starburst, Sol Harris gives the movie a 7 out of 10, commenting, For all its flaws, Accident Man ultimately succeeds on the charm of its cast and by successfully landing jokes and punches in tandem. Over at Common Sense Media, Danny Borgen gave the film a 1 out of 5, stating, Ultra-violent action thriller has nasty misogynistic side. User Corkball on Rotten Tomatoes gave the film a 5 out of 10, noting the plot, dialogue, and acting all flat, although these people are cold assassins, so maybe part of that is by design. And on Letterboxd, user Todd Gaines gave the film a 4 out of 5 stars, reviewing Accident Man is Scott fucking Adkins, and if you're a fan, you need to check it out. Ringo, what did you think about this movie? All right, so I think that this movie could have been good if they removed one very important aspect of the movie. And I say important because it was the only driving factor of this entire fucking movie. Mm -hmm. And that factor was misogyny. Oh, my God. Women did not matter other than to be insulted, used as springboards, slurs thrown at them if they are lesbians, to... I was going to say the anti-LGBTQ oh element of it, also not great. Yeah, the that not great kill his girlfriend, and then they make it look like two guys sexually assaulted her. And then they're like, oh, no, we had them jerk off into a turkey baster. It doesn't make it any better. It, it makes it no... It, not at all. It just... I, this movie could have been like what you you and I have grown up with, like, Texas Walker Ranger and some of those other like action films. It could have been an assassin movie that's come out in 2018, but it it, <laughs> it wasn't an assassin's movie. It was how much uh, misogyny can we go ahead and put in here and have an old boys club just built around it as everybody goes, <laughs> women, they're not worth anything. And then the one character that might have had some depth, she was like, I actually did want to fuck you. And you're yeah. just like, yeah, cool. Thanks, Jane the Ripper. Yeah. You're such a necessary addition. I'm talking about this movie is rough because it's just, <laughs> I wanted it to be not what it was. I wanted it to be a movie about a bunch of assassins going, to ha- going around and doing what we've seen with every other assassin movie that's out there. Something goes wrong. Your crew turns on you. You go hunt them down and kill them. That uh, <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a Mission Impossible type thing where a bunch of his hitman buddies got killed. And then we had to go find out what happened. And along the way, he meets some other old assassins who they're going to help him out. They form their own little A team. And then they have to fight Big Ray at the end or something. But yeah, that's not really what happened in this movie at all. And so it's, it is very disappointing in that aspect. Yeah. So what about you? How do you feel about this one? (laughs) Like I said, I think that this movie could be, this is the type of movie that you see when you're like 10 years old and it unironically becomes your favorite movie Mm -hmm. because the fight scenes are really fucking cool. There's a couple ones that don't look very good, but overall the fight scenes are fucking cool. When you're a young guy, Mike Fallon could totally seem like, like just the coolest fucking guy. It reminded me a lot of Steven Seagal movies where you are, you're not really expecting much in terms of writing or dialogue. You, what you're expecting is some one-liners like, you could take that to the bank, Senator, the blood bank, shit like that. You're expecting those type of lines. And so when I say this is going to be somebody's favorite movie, unironically, this is the type of movie that you see, you're a little kid, you like it, you think it's the coolest shit, and then later on your friends are like, oh, yeah, an accident, man, that's so fucking lame, so stupid. And you're like, yeah, of course, but secretly you're like, but nah, but I really do actually <laughs> love it. And then as you get into 
the like hipster phase of your life, you actually start defending it like full th- actually accident man's an underrated masterpiece. It's the same way that people talk about Attack of the Clones now or the Phantom Menace. That's actually a masterpiece. You just don't realize that it's you I know what you're saying. You just liked it. But that's the type of movie this is. It is perfectly fine for what it is. It is deeply misogynistic. Women are certainly not any type of player in this. They definitely have a low opinion of lesbians. And the main character seems to be pretty he's upset but he's not devastated to find out that his ex-girlfriend was killed until after he finds out she was pregnant then it becomes a mission of revenge and so it does double down on the idea that women are really there to serve men and be breeding pits and that's just not a great look i don't know maybe maybe the sentiment isn't as strong in britain and so we're reading into something that's not there, but I really doubt that. I do think that there was a heavy-handed misogynistic take to this. And I also think in the future, Scott Adkins should ask somebody how much narration is too much narration. Because I'm pretty sure there was 10 lines of dialogue and 40 minutes of narration to start this movie. Yeah, and as we've, I believe we've talked about it at least last year, that that can really ruin a movie when you're narrative heavy. And yeah, that that took me out of that takes me out of all action films. I think Pound of Flesh did that, and it was just heavy on narrative, but nothing else. We didn't even, I don't know. This one, Fallon is just talking about his, his ex girlfriend, like as if she's still his girlfriend, and everyone's like, "She's your ex, man. Get over it already." <laughs> and he just narrates about how she's still his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's the one that got away, and I still love her. Yeah, the. My problem with it is that it, it took me out of the movie, but it will if it keeps going on. It feels like if you were to start talking to somebody, if somebody was like, hey, man, I got a really cool story to tell you. And you're like, awesome. And they spend 20 minutes telling you about all the names you need to know for this story. And you're just like, OK, I don't want to hear your cool story anymore, <laughs> man. I didn't realize there was going to be like a persona dramatis that I'm going to have to read at the beginning of the play to know which character is which. Just let me hear the story. And I think. There were other ways to demonstrate and show off what he wanted to do. I don't think we needed to be introduced to each and every assassin at the bar with a full scene of the things that they try to do all the time. I get that was supposed to be played for laughs like a lot of it. But as he's walking in, there's Mick and Mac. They're two special forces. And then it shows them fighting. And it's they're basically besties from different universes and blah, blah, blah. And then this one's Milton. Milton's a little fuckface accountant. And it shows them on the phone. I'm like... We could have picked all this up throughout the movie. You could have explained it when it came up. Wouldn't it have been better to cut through some of that stuff? And then when he goes to confront Mick and Mac of, I know you guys are the ones who put the hit out on my ex-girlfriend. Or not put the hit out, but perform the hit on my ex-girlfriend. I know that was you two. Wouldn't it have been better then for him to have the internal narration? He's like, I'm going to have to be careful here. These two are ex-special forces and they're basically inseparable. Like something like that. Then you can be yeah. like, oh, okay, I get it. Instead of watching him walk through the bar, what it felt like to me is it was trying to be a combination of the transporter meets snatch. Yeah. And it didn't really land like the narrative style, the action style, the martial arts is actually pretty fun to watch. I, I don't, I'm not super familiar with Scott Adkins, so I don't know a ton of his work, but this is the type of movie that makes me think that. If I were to find a random Scott Adkins movie on, I just put it on in the background as I was doing something else and like watch the fight scenes. Yeah. And I can agree with you on that one. I think that 
the choice to go ahead and explain each and every last one of these assassins or hitmen. What? Are, oh yeah, they don't like being called hitmen. The assassins was an interesting choice, and when I say interesting, a not fun, interesting, <laughs> like a, a really boring, interesting. They could have shown it in like the way that they talk, the way that they interact. When he gets into the fight with them. I don't know, one of them's wearing an American flag to showcase, because I, I highly doubt British people like wearing American flags, but I could be wrong, I don't know. <laughs> that, like, all these killers are, are super, like, trained in doing the, these kills, and they all die to the accident, man. Also says a lot about, like, their abilities. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I get it, he's the main character, so he's going to prevail, but it's still, like, he didn't lose once to any of them. Yeah, and... It's the superhero or superhero main character thing mm-hmm. where there's so many times that these characters just walk through a door and their story could end right there. Yep. When Mick yes. and Mac ambush him at the end of the movie, I'm like, why didn't you guys just wait outside? As soon as he opened that door, you could have shot him. The the little rat dude could have stabbed him with the, the needles that he had instead of trying to chloroform. Takes so long to go ahead and get someone to pass out. Just stab him with needles. But also, you have to be stronger than them in the first place. I think yeah. at that point, I would have just found a different plan. Also, yeah. if you can make poison, you can probably make chlorine gas, and you could have just gassed him in whatever room he was in. He's dead then. Yeah, it's just stuff like that that always – that's the conceit we have to make for these movies. You could say the same thing about the people I talked about earlier, Jason Statham, et cetera. Yeah. They, all their movies have the same thing because they're the main character. It's just – in movies like this where there's not enough other stuff going on, where like a couple people in the reviews mentioned like, oh, man, this movie was so funny. I don't really remember that. Like I don't – and it's not that it's just like I was so bored and upset the whole time, but – more along the lines of none of the lines stood out to me to the point that I even thought to mention them. And that's, again, it takes away from the overallness of the movie and makes us focus on what is there. Mm-hmm. And what is there a lot of times is just nonsensical. Yeah. I also like that apparently in the midst of London, there's just a secret hitman club. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting idea. I think that if they had run with that, that would have been a lot better than what they did here. Um, yeah, I thought there was going to be a rival club. Like, if it wasn't going to be a, you have to take out your own team, it was going to be a, like, oh, we work out of the Oasis, but these guys work out of Satan's garage or whatever. <laughs> and it was going to be a bunch of other dudes. And then they were, it's going to be like Mike Fallon, the accident man, versus the chief of the Satan team or some shit like that. I don't know. That, that would have been more fun than this, I think. That might be what happens in part two. Who knows? Maybe. I I don't know what's in Hitman Holiday. We'll probably get around to watching that at some point. But as of right now, I'm not like, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm not looking forward to it. This is a weird movie to evaluate because part of me, it's like we talked about during Pound of Flesh. Part of me is like, fuck yes, this is the lowbrow shit I'm looking for. I absolutely will always love this kind of thing because I grew up watching this kind of thing. This isn't fundamentally different structure wise than dozens of other movies I've seen. It just has some annoying things like the excessive narration and the kind of, obviously I wouldn't misogyny annoying. It's definitely problematic in this movie, but the flip side is that it it is a kind of a boring movie. And as I've gotten older, it's like going using my analogy. It's like going to the store and realizing there's nothing stopping you from buying out the candy aisle, except for the fact that you shouldn't buy out the candy aisle. And this is the sort of thing that you find right there wrapped in orange, like Reese's accident, man. And you think to yourself, fuck dude, that's a three foot tall Reese's statue that I just get to eat. And then you put it back because you're like, ah, 
shouldn't eat this. I'm an adult. I know better. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of these action movies feel now. I'm an adult. I know better. I've found my favorites. It's very rare that a new action movie comes along that even makes me think, fuck, dude, I need to watch this again. And, like, I think the last one that did that was Extraction. And, yeah, that's really where I'm at is that as a piece of art in this moment of time, as a product in this moment of time, this movie is hard for me to full-throatedly, like, defend or want to find the good in. But it's also not bad enough for me to be like, fuck this movie. Yeah, It's nowhere near as bad as things like, like The Comedian or The Clapper or Buddy Games where you find yourself just bored to tears it's no it's definitely not as bad as don't hang up and so it it just is and it sucks because i i hate when we come to these movies and i end up being very neutral on them yeah (laughs) because nobody wants to hear somebody be like oh if you like this sort of thing like that's not oh if you like pasta then go ahead and have some pasta (laughs) it's not really groundbreaking critique so i would say and correct me if i'm wrong but i would say that because you and i are both okay (laughs) bye guys i'm leaving that's it for me. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is because you and I have both basically said that this movie's just boring. It's unseasoned, unsalted. It just doesn't do anything for us. It's gonna be. It's gonna be forgotten at the end of the day. It, it's. I'm looking at my notes here, and I'm like, I don't remember just about anything that I've written here, other than Fallon is a misogynist. The two special ops are misogynists. The Rat Man doesn't get to say anything. The only thing I think I found funny was the guy who makes stupid products. The experimenter? Yeah, the experimenter. And I think I found it funny that his Band-Aid thing actually worked. And that, <laughs> yeah. I think that was the only thing that I found funny. I'm even looking at my notes here, and I wrote something about a fart joke at the end of Fallon's kill streak, and I'm like, what? When did that happen? I don't remember that either. Yeah. And that's, maybe, maybe you were saying they should have added one, a la Home Sweet Home Alone. Maybe the movie would have been slightly more memorable if they had done that, because at least with Home Sweet Home Alone, I can remember that fart scene and go, God, they did. They actually did that. They actually did that. Yeah. How? Why? But yeah, I don't know. It's just like, I think that this movie is so mediocre that if anybody watches it, you're going to forget it five to ten minutes after you finish it. You're going you're gonna to forget it as you watch it. Yeah, it was a little bit hard to stay focused on this one. I don't know. I was, I'm usually pretty into just like action movies that look good where the action sequences look good. But I swear it was some of that narration in the beginning where mm-hmm. I just kept thinking to myself, I was like, dude, shut up. This is not Sin City. You can't, <laughs> your dialogue isn't interesting enough to the viewer to keep this going. It's one thing when you, I don't know, if you walked into a bar and he's like, a den of iniquity. My kind of iniquity. Every person here is broken and the, and the world is cold. And one place you can find some warmth is here in the oasis. But it's the kind of warmth you get from cellmates, not from family. You'd be like, oh, okay. Like they're trying to do something artistic here. But yeah. he's just like, the oasis. This is where the hitmen hang out. It looks like a regular door, but it's the door to my world. And he walks in. He's like, that guy's Cliff. He uses axes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and Cliff is a one-note character, and the Spec Ops characters are one, one-note one characters, and Lady Killer is a one-note car- uh, killer character, and Ratface is a killer one-note killer character. <laughs> yeah, everybody in there is literally just one trait, which is fine for an action movie. I, mm-hmm. I'm not expecting tons of depth, but it, it also means that every moment we get ex- explaining them is just like a wasted moment, because... Yeah. 
if they're really so flat in one note, we'll be able to figure it out in mm-hmm. a minute or two in context. They could have done, I don't remember, like like in Borderlands, when you get introduced to a character and you get their screenshot on the front and mm-hmm. like their name right next to it. They could have done something like that. I think that would have worked for this. Just bam, spec ops, bam, rat yeah. base. Or like when you meet Bullet Tooth Tony or yeah. you know, Boris the Bullet Dodger in yeah. Snatch, which is... Again, a movie I think that they were trying to crib a little bit from here. That movie was 18 years old at the time this came out, so maybe it wasn't first on their mind. There have been lots of other movies that came out, but this really screamed Transporter 2 to me. It It was that kind of thing. And part of it is because Scott Atkins British, and so I'm just associating other British action action stars with this. But somebody else said that it was trying to be John Wick, and I don't really see that the... John Wick isn't known for martial arts, and if this had a bunch of gunfights, then you know I could see it. But the this is more trying to be any one of the two thousands action movies yeah. that many people grew up on. Yeah. Or in my case, the nineteen forties like new talkies that I grew up <laughs> on. Come watch the Leprechaun fight the Ghost Man. He'll give him what for. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a little guy with an organ below the screen. He was just playing. <laughs> that's, ultimately, that's all I've got to say about this. This movie was hyper misogynistic and you'll forget about it if you watch it. Yeah, I give this like a 003 yeah, out I'll, of 009. Yeah. It's, it's a 3 out of 9. I can't put it at the lowest tier because there are worse movies. This isn't the best action movie we watched. It's hard to say if this is better than Pound of Flesh. In terms of the action sequences, much better. In mm-hmm. terms of the movie and storytelling, kind of worse. And in terms of like the messages, it's much worse. Yeah. But it's really hard to say. I guess I, I'd i put it as better because I don't know Scott Adkins. And so I, in my mind, he has nowhere to go but up. Whereas I do know Jean-Claude Van Damme. And that seemed like a low point for him in Pound of Flesh. So that's where I'm at. It's like a hair above. I. I can jump on that as well, and I want to say that whenever we get around to watching the second one, which I am not looking forward to, you can see me. Greg can see me squinting. Audience, you can't see me squinting. Mm-hmm. I'm saying this, and I'm squinting because it's turning my stomach to think about the fact we're going to end up watching the second one. When we do get around to watching the second one, I think that's going to go ahead and give us a better idea on whether or not this series compares to Pound of Flesh or if it's just, I don't know. I think yeah. it'll give us a better idea. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning that neither one of us have read the comics. And so maybe this is actually a spot-on adaptation. Maybe. And if that's the case, then good on them. Yeah. I just, I didn't know that. (laughs) I don't don't know. If your only saving grace is that you're word-for-word copying a comic book that's bad, then it's really (laughs) worth bringing up. We've been streaming Wasteland. This has unfortunately been 2018's Accident Man. You can find us anywhere podcasts are distributed. You know the ones. It's the Spotify's. It's the iTunes. It's the Amazons. You can also find us on all the social medias. The ones. It's the Facebooks and the Tweeters and or X's if you're one of those folks. You can find us on the Instagrams and on sometimes the TikToks. You can drop us a line at streamingwasteland at gmail.com. Happy New Year. And actually, I shouldn't say that because I have no idea when this episode's come out. (laughs) I will edit that out later. Say goodbye, Ringo. Hey, Ringo. Pan shot. Ah, uh, uh, pan shot.